Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Nova podcast. My name is Ailish and I'm also known as the Nova Coach. So, welcome to my own episode for today, which I haven't done in a long time. You know, I've had a lot of guests on for the last few months, so I'm so grateful to have amazing guests on my podcast. But yeah, every now and then I do like to do a solo episode, of course, which is quite apt that this is about solo traveling. Um, So how I came to get recording this podcast episode is basically I was stuck for an episode to record because... My friend, who shall not be named, who lives in Abu Dhabi, I interviewed her for my podcast last week, which should have been released this week, Monday, except I lost the file. The laptop shut down in the middle of me recording. She was in my apartment and the two of us spent an hour trying to find the file. Then I went to the IT people in my school to help me find the file. It just was, it was a non-starter couldn't find it so I was like right so I asked the girl who I will not name is um if there was any possibility could we re-record next week and she agreed thank god a heart of gold so she was very understanding and of course it helped that she saw exactly what happened right with me you know it wasn't like I was spoofing or anything so yeah anyway so I went away to Qatar at the weekend solo and I got so many questions in my dms from people asking me You know, do I feel safe on my own? What are the tips? How do you do it? Where would you recommend to go? And then I thought, okay, I'm stuck for an episode this week. This is a no-brainer. I may as well just just talk about solo traveling because I feel very confident talking about solo traveling. I've been to 43 countries. So Qatar at the weekend was country number 43. And out of those, I've been to 10 countries solo. So... Yeah, like I do think I'm like a great person to talk to about it and to give you the tips and to encourage you to do it and inspire you to do it because I've had nothing but positive experiences, touch wood. I've been very, very lucky, but I've kept my wits about me as well. So I'll share those tips with you too. Um, But firstly, I'll name out the countries that I have visited solo. So I have been to Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, Cambodia, Laos, Hong Kong, Thailand, New Zealand, and then most recently at the weekend, Qatar. Um, Firstly, like, okay, if you're absolutely bricking it right now, even listening to this, and you're like, oh my God, Jesus, no, I could never even think about doing it, girl. What? Are you mad? Like, I want you to really... Allow yourself to listen to this episode with an open mind. Just have an open mind, a curious mind. Just listen and just see how you feel at the end of it. And it is not for everyone. I absolutely acknowledge that. It's not for everyone. But everyone can try it. There's no one to say that you can't try it. And there's different ways you can try it in small doses. And I will share those ways with you as well. But firstly, I want to share the reasons why you should do it, why you should just grab life by the balls and just get on the plane and just have that backpack with you. And that's it. Um, Like confidence comes to mind straight away. It builds so much confidence. And like confidence is an interesting 
topic in itself. It's such a broad topic you could talk about forever. But if you could put it into one sentence, the one thing I would say about confidence is everyone is doing everything new scared. Everyone. Anything new that we do in our lives, we're doing it scared. We're doing it with so much uncertainty. We're doing it without knowing the outcome really. Um, We're doing it with the presence of imposter syndrome. And the only way to gain confidence is to do something scared. And then when you do it and you come out the other side, you're like, oh my God, I just did that. It went well. Now I'm feeling more confident about doing it the next time. And that is, it, that is confidence. That's how you grow in confidence. If we're sitting down waiting to feel confident, we'll be waiting our entire lives because confidence does not arrive. We don't um, achieve confidence by sitting down and hoping it will be there for us. So firstly, I want to absolutely acknowledge that you do something new feeling scared lads oh my god like my first country that I traveled to solo was Vietnam and I went in the March April time of 2017 so that would have been our spring break holiday when we had two weeks off so spring break is basically the same thing as Easter but we just don't call it Easter and I was bricking it like I had no clue what was ahead of me but I knew like there was this whisper like there was like this inner knowing that I was like no I know I can do this like I know I'll be fine but of course there was imposter syndrome of course you know I was allowing my inner critic thinking you know girl what are you doing like you're not gonna you're not gonna survive this like you're you're gonna make a fool out of yourself and that's what I used to think like you know before I even pressed book and then I don't know was it like my friends at the time of that holiday were going places I had already been to and I hadn't seen a lot of Asia at that point of me living here like especially like Southeast Asia I hadn't seen a lot of it and I really wanted to start exploring that side of the world and that was one of the reasons why I booked to go solo because I didn't really know many people that were going to Vietnam and the people that I did know were, you know, they were friends, they were acquaintances, but I wouldn't have traveled with them. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, I'm just going to do my thing. And I did so much research and it was the greatest holiday ever. Like I'm smiling, just think of it. Like Vietnam as a country, first and foremost, is an incredible place. It's absolutely beautiful. The people the food, the culture, the bar scene, the tours, the history, the weather, the beaches, everything. Like it's a beautiful, beautiful country. And I highly recommend you get there. If you're living in Abu Dhabi in Dubai, you're this side of the world, get there while you're already halfway there. Like it's a great country. I I just love Vietnam so much. And, you know, it, it just was the time of my life. I had the time of my life. So firstly, I'm going to go into the reasons why you should. Well, no, I don't like the word should because you make your own decisions and you make your own navigation through life. Should, would, could. They're not great words in our in our language because that can actually hold us back in life. And it can also be our inner critic talking like, oh, I should stay in teaching or I should stay in Abu Dhabi. Or 
I should be married with children by now. All these, you know, it's not a great word to have in our vocabulary. But anyway, I take that back. I'm going to now share with you reasons why you may be interested in solo travel. So first and foremost, I just mentioned confidence. Like your confidence, you gain so much more confidence within yourself when you're traveling solo. Because you're solving problems, right? You're, you might come across missing a flight, missing a train, missing a boat, missing a bus. And you're there on your own figuring it out. You've got language barriers, understanding the currency and exchanging your currencies and understanding how to coordinate your times of trains with the times of the planes, understanding, you know, how to even create your itinerary. Like your your problem solving skills are absolutely fine tuned when you are solo traveling. The next thing is it really helps you to become a global citizen. And, you know, I really believe in seeking to understand other people's perspectives and point of points of view. And it's really important because we live in a world now where there is so much unrest and there's so much misinformation and a lot of people, I think, feel misunderstood in different parts of the world. So it's really important that, like, when you go to a new country, you go there with an open mind, with the mindset of seeking to understand and to learn. And you'd be surprised with how different a perspective you come away with. And you do become a global citizen. And you also become so much more grateful for where you've come from and the life you live. Um, another reason solo travel is amazing is because you become a lot more compassionate towards yourself and also to others. You learn to make smart risks. So, you know, you're going to take a leap of faith when you're traveling solo. And on that journey, you know, you'll be doing mad things and you'll be just experimenting and having the crack and doing things you never would have done before. And like... There is some risk taking along the journey, but there's ways to make smart risks and to really calculate how the pros and cons weigh up when you're making when you're taking a leap of faith. You do become much more independent, adventurous, capable, and it's great to have in your CV. You know, those are character traits that you again, you fine tune them when you're solo traveling. And you do get to understand yourself tenfold. Oh my God. Like you just meet yourself, if you know what I mean. Like it's just me, myself and I when I'm traveling solo and you become much more content within your own company. Like I love my own company. I'm a bit of a flip flopper. Like I love being in a group, being in groups of people. I thrive off a group of people and their energy but I also need my quiet time. Like, I think I learned that about myself through solo traveling. So let's say if I'm in a hostel with a room full of like, God, you can get hostel rooms. You can get hostel rooms that have up to 12 people. Mental. And I did that once, 12 people. It was too too many. But I remember I was stuck and I needed a one night stay before castaways um in Vietnam actually oh my god it was mayhem it was 12 girls in a hostel and it was just yeah it was too many but it was fine for the night it did the job I was grand but when I'm like I learned through solo traveling that when I meet people in a group 
obviously I love that and I get to know new new people and make friends but I sometimes would need the next morning like I'd go off and have my own breakfast or I'd meet people I'd connect with them again for breakfast and I'd do something on my own that day I sometimes need that kind of buffer of my own personal space and I learned that about myself through solo traveling that I am like that and I suppose it's healthy it's a balance you know I'm I'm getting like I think it's also I think it's through me understanding myself more and almost kind of like my my method of processing I don't know it's weird but I think it's kind of a form of meditation in a way as well that I just like my own personal time after being with a big group of people but anyway that just again is all connected to understanding yourself much better you do actually develop much better leadership skills because if you can navigate like traveling in a solo country excuse me if you can navigate traveling solo in a foreign country on your own then you know that absolutely adds to your toolbox of leadership skills and is fantastic again to have in your cv um when you're solo traveling you become a lot more dependent on yourself and less dependent on others so yes it can make you more outgoing by meeting other people but you can't really depend on new people you've just met you have to become very self-reliant and resilient and solo traveling does just that and it is a fantastic way to again build confidence in those set of skills another thing that solo traveling does is you get more confident when you're lost that you know you're going to be okay so I have had many times where I have got lost on the beaten track or like taken a wrong turn somewhere or got on the wrong bus or something like that it's happened to me so many times but again through practice and through trial and error you build up this inner knowing this confidence that no it's fine I'm going to be fine I'll just get the next bus or I'll just take the next tuk-tuk to do a u-turn or something you know what I mean like there's always a way you just build up that resilience you know um oh my god this one you become so much more of a minimalist like I have an apartment here in Abu Dhabi and like it's full of stuff like you know 10 years of living here it's full of stuff but like when you go traveling solo and you have a backpack on your back you just realize how little you need like we accumulate so much oh my god like we just accumulate so much stuff and like it doesn't it doesn't matter like we don't need it all you know um and solo traveling that's the beauty in it it you just become naturally you become a minimalist and it it's a bit liberating you know like just living off a backpack and not needing anything else not needing anything more you know it's really good another reason why solo traveling is amazing is it teaches you to learn how to be more flexible because your itinerary your plan will change so many times and I love that about solo travel um you just just roll with it you know like have a real easy breezy attitude towards solo travel because you will change directions or you will change plans through meeting people and making friends 
So you will learn how to be flexible. And of course, you learn how to be flexible through tours being cancelled or the weather cancelling a day out or you might miss a flight or accommodation is full somewhere. So you need to change to go a different location. So many reasons why you have to be flexible. Another reason why solo travel is amazing is it teaches you how to be calm in difficult situations. Trusting your gut You get to trust your gut a lot more and your intuition. Having that intuition is really important. Another reason why solo traveling is so good is you become more decisive. You start to build confidence in making your own decisions and you take action quicker without ruminating or overthinking things or procrastinating, you know. Time is of the essence. You want to soak up everything. You want to make the the most of your holiday. So you do become a lot more decisive in your decision making and more just action orientated. Another reason you get to practice a lot more patience because some things just don't go to plan and being patient is just so important when you're traveling solo. There could be delays And you know, you even have to be patient with yourself settling in. So like when you first start solo traveling, it could take you like the first two, three nights to really find your feet and to feel like you can do this because it is so new and it's a new experience for you. And, you know, being patient with the process of enjoying it and Trusting yourself is so important and it's such an integral part of enjoying the whole journey of solo traveling. So those are so many reasons why you should solo travel. I can't believe I'm this much talk, this much into the podcast episode. 25 minutes in, lads. Hello. <laughs> and that's my, my, my list of reasons why you should. All right, so now I'm going to go into the how of it okay and then after that I'll explain like where I would recommend people to start off with so okay the how I have so many notes here so you probably hear the pages okay so how to even go about solo traveling so firstly start saving your money and start creating a budget okay then decide on a country so actually maybe I'll talk about that about deciding on the country right now while we're on that topic So the countries, again, that I've been to solo are Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, Cambodia, Laos, Hong Kong, Thailand, New Zealand and Qatar. Guys, if you're new to solo traveling, just go to Southeast Asia. Like the countries that are there would be Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, Cambodia, Laos, Thailand. Like Southeast Asia is so easy to travel because it's really popular with backpackers it's a backpacker hotspot all the time all year round there's no bad season like okay you'll have rainy season you have backpackers backpacking all year round you won't be stuck for making friends and there are so many hostels around Asia all really cheap and cheerful the food is amazing like it's a no-brainer to start your first ever trip in Southeast Asia. So if I were you, I would start somewhere there. Now, I have heard that South America is pretty cool to do solo, but I've never done that. 
but keep that on the radar if you've done Asia already maybe do a bit of researching on South America if you want something different I did New Zealand solo however I did a tour so I already I, I prepaid for a tour and I did the whole thing like with a group of people that were all solo with Stray Tours S-T-R-A-Y um it was unreal. It was amazing, like absolutely brilliant. But I booked a tour simply because there's so much driving in New Zealand, like between the North and the South Islands. There's so much driving, so much manoeuvring and there's a lot to organise. And it was just so much easier just to, to pay a tour group, like pay a tour company and just join with them. So that's what I did with New Zealand, but it was crack 90. Oh my God, New Zealand is like Ireland on steroids, lads. Oh my God, like the mountains are bigger, the rivers are wider. The people are just like Irish people, so sound, really cool demeanour. The fields are greener, there's more sheep, like, I don't know. New Zealand is a vibe, it's class. It's so cool. Um. So yeah. Decide on your country first. But I would, if you haven't been to Southeast Asia yet, I would recommend choosing Southeast Asia as your first country, like as one one of those countries as your first to do your solo travel. Then get your travel insurance. So the travel insurance I would recommend is World Nomads. Now you can get all the like official companies as well, but that's always been foolproof for me. Now, thankfully, touch wood, I've not had to use any travel insurance before, but like always get travel insurance always get travel insurance it's just so much easier and gives you that peace of mind then when this is still the how by the way when you're um planning your trip have a look for solo friendly accommodation hostels so like there's hostels everywhere everywhere in asia and there actually is as well in New Zealand. Australia. I forgot to mention Australia. So I didn't do Australia solo. I did it with friends from home. And it was unreal. Like Australia. Like Australia is one of my favourite places in the entire world. Australia is. Oh. I, I Oh my God. I just love Australia. It's cool. It's. Oh. I'm not even doing it justice. Like. It's. The way of living is unreal. It's so healthy. It's a beautiful country. There's so much to do and see there. It's cool. It's just, for me personally, it's just too far from home. Like, And I did when I came back. So I, I went with my friends from home in Christmas 2017 for three weeks. And when I came back, I really was hell-bent on moving to Australia. And I think I procrastinated it. And then I just never went. But now, high in sight... I'm happy with whatever path I've been on that has got me to this point that I didn't go to Australia because it's just too far away from home for me. You know, like I've lived here for 10 years and I'm only one flight away from home, which is seven hours. Like from Abu Dhabi to Sydney is 14 hours. So like if you wanted to go from Australia to Ireland, it's like a full day's travel. And that's even like... If you're lucky, you know, it could be a day and a half if you're doing your stopovers and stuff like that. Like, I have cousins that live in Australia and New Zealand. 
and some of them have had children and one of my cousins who lives in New Zealand is actually leaving New Zealand. She's been living there now for 12 years, I think. She's longer than I'm in Abu Dhabi, probably about 11, 12 years. And she's leaving New Zealand because she has her own two children and she wants to move closer to Ireland. Now, she's not moving to Ireland, but she's moving closer to Ireland. So um, she's looking at different parts of Europe and maybe the Middle East. But just seeing it through other family members' eyes who are older than me who have children, I don't know, it kind of reprioritized what I wanted in my life. And one day I do want to have children, you know, like... I'm in no way in that stage of life right now. Definitely maybe mid-30s, maybe older. But I'm like, I personally wouldn't be in the place where I'd want to have children right now. But I do one day, of course, would love to have my own children. But I still would like to be close to my family. For my children to get to know my family and their roots and it doesn't like I don't necessarily have to settle in Ireland I'm not hell-bent on settling in Ireland I think it's because I've been out of Ireland for 10 years it for me it's not the be-all and end-all but I'd like to at least be within a nice distance of Ireland so that I could visit regularly so my family could get to know my children and my children could get to know Ireland as my home and I don't know I think I was I think I look at myself as being just very blessed that I have older cousins who already have children who have lived in Sydney and Sydney, Australia and in New Zealand. And I can see what their thought process is on this topic. And I've learned from it, you know, and it informs a bit of my decision making. Absolutely. And, you know, it just... Australia is always going to be, for me, a happy place. I've been there twice. So I went to New Zealand in Christmas 2018. And of course, I stopped in Australia on my way there because I was like, ah, sure, I can't pass Australia and not call in for tea. So I stayed with my cousins in Sydney for like three, four days before I went to New Zealand. So like, I really have a pull for Australia. Like Australia is just like, I love it, especially Sydney. It's such a happy place. Like I love it so much. But I think it'll just always be a place that I love visiting, you know, and traveling to. And that's okay, you know, the world isn't going anywhere fast. Um, Sorry, I went off on a complete tangent there. Um, But yeah, like New Zealand is a great place to uh, travel solo. Australia is a great place to travel solo. I didn't do Australia solo, but like from me being there, there were loads of solo travelers. Like it's really easy to go by as well. But when you're looking for hostels anywhere, like wherever you choose to go solo traveling, you can actually filter your search when you're looking for availability. And like you can filter it to like female dorms or mixed dorms. So I was saying to you earlier, like I've stayed in dorms with like 12 people and then I've stayed in dorms with like four people. I think a happy medium is like six And I've stayed in female dorms and I've stayed in mixed dorms. Now, there's not much difference, really. Like, I I found them both absolutely brilliant to stay in. Like, I loved staying in the mixed dorm because the lads bring the bit of crack. And I think the lads are quite good at breaking the ice. And, you know, they kind of have a bit of get up and go attitude. Like, they're 
they're only in the door half an hour and they're they've showered and changed and they're back out the door again and it kind of gets you up and ready and you know let's go out like whereas I think in a dorm of girls there's a bit more of a slower pace but yeah it's so nice to be in a dorm of girls when you feel like you just want to be surrounded by girls and have girls chats and you know like there's something real um empowering about it as well so I'd say for any girls that are listening, try a female dorm and try a mixed dorm. I loved both. Like I made such great friends in both um, dorms. And yeah, like hostels are just epic. Like hostels are so good because they've got like loads of communal areas where you sit and chat. They've loads of common areas where you you might have pool tables or um, foosball tables or like... um, you know, like where they have their breakfast and stuff like that. Like everything is really communal, which of course is brilliant for people to start talking naturally and to get to know each other and to exchange your like itineraries and then learn from one another. Like you could be coming from opposite ends of the country that you're in and then you give one another tips of where you've come from. And it's just, yeah, it's cool. Like it's really cool. Now, when you're getting ready to go for your travels pack as light as possible and pack lighter again and pack lighter again like the the lighter you pack the easier life will be for you because you'll be dragging that backpack around you everywhere and the last thing you want is for it to be too heavy and you will want some room for buying like all the clothes in the markets and getting souvenirs another tip for when you're planning your trip right Don't plan too much ahead of time because the best thing about solo travel is that it's so spontaneous, right? You could make friends with people in your dorms, in your hostels, on a trip, on a day tour, in a tuk-tuk, on a train, on a bus. Like, you could just click with someone and you'd be like, oh my God, let's continue on together. And like the last thing you want is to have to cancel loads of trips and loads of accommodation bookings ahead of time. What I would suggest is be ahead of yourself by like maybe a day, two days. Like I know that sounds a bit risky, but lads, like I can't explain it. Like it's so easy come, easy go when you're solo traveling. Like it's so relaxed. It's so chill. And like I've oftentimes rocked up to a hotel, not hotel, that's where that's where my mindset is at right now I've oftentimes rocked up to a hostel and I've had no booking and I've got bookings like the only time I would say to be prepping ahead of time would be like for big tours like castaways up in Vietnam like or if you have to book flights maybe book the accommodation the day before wherever you're flying from so you're a bit organized that's why I highly recommend starting with Asia so be open to change be open to um booking things last minute and that's where it like what comes into the mix there is then trusting yourself being confident in your decisions and then of course going back to my first few points earlier is like making decisions like and being decisive but also listening to your intuition so the worst thing you can do the worst thing you can do is to plan out every single day of your trip and book every single thing and have everything locked in. 
that's the worst thing you can do because you're going to make friends and you're going to have the time of your life and you're going to want to do activities together or you might stay an extra night somewhere or you might leave a night somewhere a night early or you might even go somewhere completely different just because you've met people and that you vibe with them leave yourself open to that flexibility ask people as well like along the way when you're meeting with people in your hostels and just on day trips like ask people like what have they experienced so far what would they recommend there's nothing better than a first-hand experience and first-hand advice like you can get it online you can get it on TripAdvisor you can get it on blogs you can get it on people's Instagrams but when someone has just freshly come from a place that you're going to they have the best most current information for you like absolutely follow someone on Instagram who has gone to the place you've gone to but if you want the up-to-date like know-how on where you're going ask the people that you're staying in the accommodate accommodation with because the very um likelihood of them having come from there is huge and vice versa like they'll be looking for people who who have come from the place that they're heading and then you exchange your advice as well don't be afraid to explore different modes of transport so like i know in thailand is it suratani port lads i remember when we went to thailand we did thailand summer 2014 me and my friends i didn't so i did thailand twice i did it in summer 2014 with my friends from home and then i did it in 2018 solo but the first time we went to thailand we did the coffin boat If you know the coffin boat, you know, like, oh my God. So we got a boat from Suratani. That's in my head. I think it was from like Copenhagen. Anyway, we were either going from Suratani or going to Suratani. And it was an overnight boat and it was nicknamed the coffin ship, right? The coffin boat. Because you literally are just like, it's like an empty boat. Like there's nothing. There's nothing on this boat. It's a completely empty boat underneath and you just all lie down like you just have a a sleeping bag with you and everyone just lies down and goes to sleep like it's the most bizarre thing like you just have to see it to believe it and like we actually did sleep I don't know how but we did like and yeah like so what I'm trying to say is like don't be afraid to try out different experiences like get the overnight boats get the trains get the buses you know get the tuk-tuks and just explore the country and the modes of transport in different ways. Also, top tip on that note, try to save yourself time by doing overnight trips. So like if you can get an overnight flight somewhere or an overnight train or an overnight boat, you're saving yourself a night's accommodation and you're saving yourself travel time as well. So do try your best to like do that somewhere along the lines to save yourself time. It's so handy. Don't be afraid as well to ask for help. So like if you're unsure of something, you know, ask people in the hostel. I remember when I was going to Indonesia. So I did five weeks summer 2017. So let's say spring break, March, April time 2017. That was Vietnam, my first ever solo trip. I was hooked. I was just like... Hook it to my veins, guys. I need to do this again. So I actually planned my summer 2017 to do the rest of Southeast Asia on my own. And I did five weeks. So that summer I did Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, Cambodia and Laos. I did five countries in five weeks. Epic. Oh my God. 
Like, every single place was epic. Indonesia, like, that's where Bali is. Oh my God, it was unbelievable. So before I went to Indonesia, I did it, like, the the first place I went to was Malaysia. So I went to Kuala Lumpur first. That's the capital. And I remember I was in a hostel in Kuala Lumpur. And I was using the computers, like the laptops that they had in the cafe, like in the, the communal area of the hostel. And I was looking at places to book ahead of time in Indonesia because I did book ahead of time for Singapore because Singapore, Singapore, to be fair, was tricky as a backpacker. Like I wouldn't really recommend it as a solo traveler. It was really tricky because it's so affluent and it's quite a rich city. It doesn't attract a lot of backpackers. Now, I went because I really wanted to see Singapore. It was so cool. I went to Sentosa Island, which is like their theme park island. I did a whole day at a theme park on my own. Lads, I had the laugh of my life. It was unreal. When they were looking for one person, I was the perfect person because I was like, yeah, I'm on my own. (laughs) And I was always like skipping queues because they'd always be looking for one person to fill up the rides. So I had like the time of my life on Sentosa Island. So I highly recommend that if you're on your own. But like, listen, I made it work. Like I I loved Singapore itself, but the experience, like I didn't make any friends. Where I stayed, there were backpackers, but it struck me as a place where people were only staying for, let's say, a night, two nights stopover on their way somewhere. People weren't really going out and exploring it. And there was no real like backpacker vibe in Singapore. Um, And I tried to find it like, geez, I tried my best to find it. But it wasn't great for backpackers. But if you want to go there and see it for a night, two nights, definitely do it. You'd be well able, you know. And I was happy out. Like, I still made it a great experience. And I really love Singapore. Like, you could eat your dinner off the ground. That's so clean. The metro is unreal. It's so easy to navigate. The Marina Bay Sands Hotel is stunning. Everything. Singapore is beautiful. Really nice place. But anyway... When I was in Malaysia, which was before Singapore, I was trying to book ahead Indonesia. And I was trying to think of like places where I'd go. Like I had nothing booked, nothing booked for Indonesia. And I was going there after Singapore. So I'd say you could say it was about five days away that I was going to be landing in Indonesia with nothing booked. So there was this Canadian guy who was sitting at the computer beside me. And he just looked at my screen and he saw where I was looking up and he was like, oh, you're going to Bali. I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, I just came from there. I was like, oh, my God, really? I was like, what do you recommend? Like, you know, and I, of course, like I started talking to him and he was like, well, first of all, you're looking at Seminyak. Don't bother staying in Seminyak. I was like, oh, OK. And then there's obviously Kuta. So Kuta is another place like it's kind of like a big town. And I was looking at Kuta and he was like, no, 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 no. He was like, you don't want to go to Kuta. I was like, okay. I was like, where do I want to go? He was like, you need to go to Changu. I was like, okay, Changu. Right, let's look it up. So this guy was so sound and he was basically giving me the do's and don'ts of Bali. And he was like, you're going to fly into Jakarta, which is the capital city, capital city of Indonesia. Then you're going to get a domestic flight from Jakarta into Kuta. And then you're just going to travel by Uber or by bus from Kuta through Seminyak, the other side, then through to Changu. And it's so funny now, because like right now in 2022, Changu is like where it's at. Like that's where all the influencers are. That's where all the remote workers are. But back in 2017, when I was there, it was still kind of like new-ish. And like, you know, it was a happening spot, but there weren't half as many influencers there. 
And I remember saying to him, I was like, I've never heard of that place. He was like, trust me. He was like, you want to go there? I was like, okay. And because of him, I did not book Kuta or Seminyak. I bypassed those two places and stayed straight in, in Changu. And I stayed in Changu for like a week, I think, maybe a week and a half, because I made the best friends. And to this day, I'm still in touch with them. We got up every morning and we surfed every morning. Then we'd go back to the hostel, get changed, get showered, have our breakfast. Then we'd go out for the day and we'd tour around. And then we'd go drinking for the night. And the crack. And like in Changu, it was so cool. Every bar had a different offer on every night. I don't know, is it the same as it was back then? But like all the barmen and the bar owners had like a pact. Like they had like this deal where they didn't want to take like business away from one another so they had a deal where each night there was like a promo night for the different bars so that people would spread out among different bars throughout the week and there is a place actually the skate park called um poison is it pretty poison and i think it's pretty poison it's something poison anyway and you have these people that are just like skateboarders and there's like a nightclub at the back but it's like a garage it's mad and we went there and it was like it was so cool like it was just unreal the whole time in Changu was class so that is just an example of how I was so flexible and I was just talking to people in my hostel and my plans changed straight away like they saved me from going to Kuta and Seminyak now I still did day trips to Seminyak Seminyak is really nice spot and didn't go to Kuta was told to avoid Kuta at all costs it's not a nice place apparently and I only flew in and out of there so yeah don't go to Kuta don't bother going to Kuta it's not pleasant apparently also maps so there's this map application called maps.me m-a-p-s dot m-e and it's a fantastic app because every place you go to it downloads the app the, the sorry it downloads the map for that location onto your application onto the app so you can use it when you're offline so when you can't find wi-fi or you've no data and you're lost You've got this app on your phone that only needs phone signal and it'll help you find your way out. So that was brilliant for me to use because whenever I was around cities or finding places to go to, I would just make sure that when I was in Wi-Fi that the location I was in was fully downloaded and updated and then I didn't need internet to use the map. So definitely download that to help you out. And of course... Another thing to keep in mind when you're solo traveling is to make sure that you are really including yourself and making an effort with doing like classes, day tours. It's a great way of seeing the country, but also it's a great way of meeting other people because you're guaranteed to meet solo travelers. Like, you know, there there's just solo travelers all over Asia. Like I know I've, I, I think I've said that like five, six times out, but like it's so easy it's so easy to travel in Asia. Like, oh my God, it's class. Another tip I would say is when you're like really planning out your how, prioritize your must-see places and then map it out on Google Maps. Like this is when you're doing your research before you even book anything, before you even book flights. Like, you know, when you're in the research stage, 
prioritize on a list your must-see places of that country, okay? Then pull up Google Maps and find out, okay, where are these must-see places in the country? And map out the distance, okay, how long is it to travel in a bus, a train, and a plane, and a boat as well, if boat is available. And then, almost like backward plan, like reverse engineer it, and have a rough idea of an itinerary And are you going to travel from east to west? Are you going to travel from north to south or vice versa? But doing your research and knowing the distances between places that you want to travel is really helpful because even when you want to change your plans by making new friends, it can prove really useful to have an idea of what is the distance between your next place that you want to see or, you know, just for even your own navigational tools to have. Just make a note of what direction you want to go in and have an idea but of course like I said before don't book things too far ahead in advance so that you can leave room for spontaneity because guys solo travel there's so much spontaneity it's magic it's class what I would say is with hostels go on to booking.com or hostelworld.com they're really good websites for finding out hostels um like I personally have been using booking.com for over 10 years. So I like I've got like um a membership. I'm on genius level 3 at the moment. I think that could be the highest level. I'm not sure. There could be more levels, but that's taken me 10 years to get to that level because of all my traveling. Get yourself on a website where like you're regularly booking on it so that you eventually redeem rewards from it and you you get discounts from. So like I get discounts all the time from booking.com because I've been using it for so long. So just choose something and then constantly book through that because it's easier then and you'll eventually, you know, you'll you'll get like a reward system in place, which is really handy as well. And what I would say is make sure that you are informing your family and friends of your accommodation and your route all the time. So like even if something changes and you're deciding to leave a place early and go somewhere different just send your family or close friends a quick message being like oh change of plan made really great friends with this group of people from I don't know anywhere in the world and then just inform your family or friends where you're staying because when you're solo traveling it is important that you're keeping them up to date because you just never know like touch wood nothing happens but you just never know if something does happen people need to know where you are and you know like solo traveling is like this whirlwind where like you make friends with people but it's like this like whirlwind of like friendship and you're just like the best of friends for two whole days and you share your life story and then you might never see one another again like it doesn't mean that they are going to be responsible for you if something happens because you know at the end of the day like they don't really know who you are So I would always just keep in mind that you're informing people back home where you are, where you're staying and, you know, your predicted time of being there. Like, are you going to be there for three, four days or are you just going to be there for a night? But like, you know, it's all played by ear. But like where you currently are, just keep them up to date. It's really safe to do that, especially when you're female. And I'll talk more on that point now in a few minutes as well. I'm just looking at my notes. Okay, so websites that are really good okay so I told you already about maps me which is the map that you can use offline I told you about the travel insurance website called world nomads 
Another website that's really good is a bus website to get really cheap seats. It's called Seat 61. That's really good for getting last minute bookings and really cheap seats, you know, and you can get overnight buses as well on that. Now, this one is really good. You know, when you're on a plane and you might be at the window seat and you want to get a good view of whichever city you're flying into, but you don't know which side of the plane you should be on. I got you covered. So there's actually two websites. There's more than two websites, but I just gave you two here. There's loads of websites that you can actually Google what is the best side of the plane to sit on for flying into dot, dot, dot. So there's one website called Seat Guru. So Seat and then G-U-R-U, Guru. Or there's another one called Seat Link. So Seat and then Link, L-I-N-K. Now, there's so many other websites, but those are the two I've used and they're very reliable. So, you know, if you're flying into Sydney, beautiful. Oh, my God. Flying into Sydney is class. You know, like if you want to fly into Singapore, you want a nice side of the plane to fly into Singapore. Like, just think about these things because it can really just it can add to your trip nicely. You know, if you're looking out the window and you get all excited when you see it. So those are really useful websites. Um, obviously I'm sure you will know Revolut. Revolut wasn't really all the rage back when I was traveling in 2017, 2018. Like it was used, but like it was kind of getting popular back then. Like I didn't use it. I got by fine, but now I'm sure it's huge. Uber is huge everywhere around Asia, so you can get Uber everywhere. So now I'm going to go into like my top tips. That's just off the cuff. I've written these down. They're all interwoven with one another. So if you want to get a pen and paper, and these are my absolute like big tips for traveling. I can't believe I'm already talking an hour. Wow. Anyway, I hope this is helpful. Um, okay, big tip when you're a female solo traveling. Don't share your exact location on social media for the public to see until you've left. So let's say you're in Ho Chi Minh in Vietnam. Of course, tag Ho Chi Minh if you want to tag it, right? But don't tag your accommodation. Don't share where you're actually staying until you leave because it can be a bit dangerous, you know, and you just have to keep your wits about you. Like when I was in Qatar over the weekend, like, you know, I had put it on my social media that I was going on my own. So I had to be like really clever about this. Like I didn't share the name of my hotel. I didn't share the street that I was staying on because I had to be really careful with who could be watching. So... Don't share your accommodation. And if you want to share it, and if you are creating like content for people that are watching publicly, share it once you've left and when you're in the next city or the next place. Another word of warning for females, like be careful using dating apps. Like I personally never used dating apps when I went traveling. Like I just had no interest. Like, you know, if I met guys out, like of course, like you hit it off and you have a great night. But I would stay away from applications. I wouldn't open them because you, I think when you're solo traveling, it's very important to meet someone face to face and see if you vibe with them. And just be careful because there's been some really scary stories of girls meeting guys off apps and it turning horribly wrong and it just gets a bit sinister. And I don't want to talk about anything specific because it wouldn't be fair but I would just be very careful. So like when I went solo traveling, I was always single 
but I had the time of my life and I didn't even need the apps, right? So you don't need to use the, the apps. Don't use them. Just like, like uh, what you call it? Uninstall them. Couldn't even think of the word there. Uninstall them. Like you just, just don't bother because you're inviting people into your life that aren't necessarily traveling as well. And it just, just don't. I just wouldn't recommend it. Okay, be careful with your drinks and be careful with like where and how much you're drinking. So let's say you meet a new group of friends, you're vibing high, you click, you know, everything, life is good, right? Just keep an eye on how much you're drinking for the very first night when you meet a new group of people. And then as you build trust, I think then you can loosen up maybe the second or third night. But I always was a bit mindful of my first night out drinking with a new group of people and I would like have like a bottle of water in between my drinks or you know I would keep an eye on like the bottle like I'd put my thumb in the bottle and just like just keep my wits about me because when you're a woman solo traveling you are a little bit more vulnerable you are that little bit more open to you know anything happening but you have to be alert like and I don't mean to say that in like oh it's scary like it's not like you're gonna have the time of your life but just you know be switched on like just kind of know the do's and don'ts so I personally wouldn't drink heavily on the first night of meeting a new group of people who are complete strangers and I've never met before just maybe save that for the second or third night when you feel comfortable and you trust them um again like your intuition trust your intuition if your intuition is telling you no listen to your intuition it's there for a reason trust it be friendly and open like you know when you're like meeting new people like think of your body language how open you are with your 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 hands and like are your arms crossed across your chest like if your arms are crossed across your chest you're given the message that you have no interest in making new friends but if you have your arms kind of like open and your chest is open and you're standing tall and you're smiling and you're approachable that's really important because it will help you make new friends and remember small talk can lead to friendships so like even if you're at the reception desk and you're checking in and there could be someone beside you checking in you would be like oh are you checking in tonight as well and then they might say oh yeah yeah I'm checking in tonight and then you'd be like oh where are you coming from I'm coming from so and so and they'll tell you where they're coming from and then all of a sudden you've had a conversation for like half an hour and you're probably going to meet each other for a drink or for breakfast the next morning like small talk can lead to friendship so don't underestimate the power of just giving someone a compliment or asking someone a question or you know being curious but follow it up like you know be brave like don't be scared because everyone everyone that are, that's in hostels is open to meeting new people is open to making friends and that's what's so cool like oh I think hostels are class like they're such a cool place to make friends you know because everyone's open to making new friends and to being like just having a great time and chatting away you know um journal oh lads journal bring a journal and write down your experience write down what you're doing who you're seeing who you're meeting um where you're going like the places you're eating at all the sites you're seeing just put it all on paper it's just so wonderful to read back over and I'm so grateful I've done that and I can read back over my experiences and 
Some things I forget, like you can tell already from this podcast episode that half the stuff I forget. And like, it's so great to like read over. And then when you read over, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that night. Or geez, I remember that day trip. Jeez, Christ, you know, like it's, it's, it's wonderful. And it's personal because it's you and it's your feelings and your experience, you know. So absolutely do journal it. Be open to new experiences. Like just be open to going out of your comfort zone and doing things you'd never done before or like zip lining, bungee jumping, skydiving, pub crawls, like a roller like I did a whole theme park on my own, like in Singapore. Like just do something different. Like nobody gives a shit like. Joe, like that's the beauty of traveling. Like nobody gives a hoot. No one's watching you, you know? Like be open. Grab life by the balls and just go and do it. Another tip is if you're nervous about making new friends, practice doing activities alone before your trip. So like go for a meal on your own somewhere and see how you feel and practice. Or just go for a coffee to Starbucks or something and sit down and have your coffee and just chill. But don't have your phone open. Put the phone down. Practice that. Because I think we all rely on our phones when we're on our own. And it's easy to pull out the phone when you're on your own somewhere because then you look like you're you're not interested in talking to anyone else. You're not open to, anyone, to inviting anyone into your space. But I guarantee if you sit down somewhere and you're on your own having a coffee or a drink or a lunch or a dinner and you're not engaged in your phone, your phone is face down, I guarantee someone will approach you and ask to join or they'll chat with you or they'll ask about your day or your trip or where you're going and it makes you a lot more approachable and in turn you're more open to again meeting new people which is a win-win you know so absolutely do practice it before you actually go traveling you might notice along the way that you're going to meet the same people over and over again and you might end up like tagging along with them so that can be quite fun you'll start noticing people who are on the same route as you and you'll eventually just start hanging out together more and like that's so cool as well and it's really natural so you know that can be fun and it's a nice part of solo traveling as well and remember that when you're solo traveling like everyone is feeling the same way everyone is doing something different everyone wants to be out of their comfort zone everyone wants to explore so just take comfort in knowing that everyone is open to making new friends you know oh my god street markets all the food vendors check them out if you can stay away from meat when you're going to the street markets because you just don't know what's in it so whenever I was at the street markets I always used to just stay away from meat but I used to get all the veg options and the food is unbelievable now if you like hear of somewhere that's really highly recommended and there's loads of reviews and it's all good then yeah okay you know get your meat dish or whatever but I typically did stay away from meat when I was you like eating from the street markets and the food stalls and stuff like that. But I tell you that the best kinds of food, like, you know, it's cheap, cheerful, and it's unreal food. Like, I remember in Vietnam, the pho soup, oh my God, to die for. I went to a market somewhere in, I think it was Hanoi, and the best pho, oh my God, like, so good. Like, there's just so many dishes all over Asia that's just so delicious and so healthy. Have a small bag of, like, first aid kit. So, like, 
have like your Imodium, your Motilium, Paracetamol, your Bug Spray, Antihistamine. Just have like little packets of those. Now, I personally don't like taking medication, but if if I really need to, I'll take it. My mother is a nurse, so like she'd be like, okay, take this, take this, you know, if, I, if there's something wrong with me. But like usually I just like to go for like the natural remedies, but I would bring a backup if something really was like hurting or it was an emergency or something like that so like do have like a little bag of those bring ear earplugs for the dorms there could be more than music playing or more than people just chatting going on in the dorms if you get my drift so you might want to bring some earplugs <laughs> just for those nights <laughs> get out of your comfort zone i wrote that so many times i think i've said that so many times if it scares you do it if it scares you you should be doing it and then you'll build confidence after Okay, bring a power bank, bring a dry towel. Okay, so, and I, know, I don't mean dry towel as in like, no, dry, of course. But you can get like a dry fiber towel. So there's these towels that are so fast drying. They're, they're perfect for backpacking. Because the last thing you want is to be bringing a big, heavy, like, cotton towel around the place with you. So I think it's a it's like a dry fiber towel or I think that was the name of it or it's like a microfiber it's a microfiber towel. But anyway, get that towel. There's loads of them like but just google it and they like they dry within like half an hour an hour and they're so easy to carry around cuz they don't have any they don't retain any water and it's so it's so light. It's perfect for packing away. Bring a flashlight, bring a bum bag. Bring a padlock, bring travel sized bottles for like your lotions and potions and your shampoos and conditioners and body washes and all that. Like bring everything travel sized because you'll cut down on your um your luggage for when you're backpacking. Avoid booking like a whole tour for an entire holiday in Asia. I would just mosey on and like I would just like book along the way and just chill. And just like trust in the process. Like, okay, New Zealand, I did a whole tour because I was doing two islands, North and South Island, and there's so much driving involved. It worked out better. So like if you were doing New Zealand, I would book with a tour company. Australia, me and my friends, we booked with a tour company. We booked with um, the old reliable Peter Pan tours. Unbelievable, like class. And for those kind of trips, because they're both huge countries, and I only had three weeks in both. It worked out better to have tours booked. But when I was traveling Asia, I had a lot more time and I was on my own. And I was a bit more kind of flexible with my time. I wasn't under pressure. And there were some places I didn't really have a clue what was there. Like when I went to Laos, I didn't have a clue what was in Laos. And I was just so like easy breezy I just landed in Laos I made friends the first night in the hostel I was in and then I and ended up in Luang Prabang you know doing all these activities and then went to some some other place I can't remember the other place I went to in Laos but like it depends on where you're going you know but like I wouldn't recommend booking an entire like fully paid for a trip for Asia Asia again is the place where it's so chill laid back you could rock up to a hostel and just book in that night it's it's really chill and there's even if you don't get a, a a place in that specific hostel you're guaranteed there's another 10 hostels around the place in the same proximity so 
yeah, avoid booking tours for Asia, definitely. And when I mean tours, I mean like the whole thing all inclusive for like three, four weeks. You know what I mean? Don't bother with that. Like just go with the flow. Yeah. Okay. When you're planning your itinerary, have a rough idea of your, your route. And I said this before. However, plan for one or two days wiggle room. Like as you as you go through different places and different cities because you might add an extra night somewhere you might leave somewhere a day early but just make sure that like when you're making out a draft plan a rough idea plan don't like I said earlier don't plan it to the minute to the hour to the day you know have have wiggle room and I mean like have wiggle room in days so that you know that you have the choice to add on a day or to take a day somewhere and you're not stuck for time. So do give yourself wiggle room, but like counting in days, like give yourself one or two days either side of places so that you've got that. Oh yeah, clear your phone memory and back up your photos and videos before you even leave home, before you even go traveling because you're going to have so much. You're going to have so, so much to take videos of and photos of. Back up your memory and clear it on your phone. And bring local currency cash with you, but not too much, but bring enough like so you can do tuk-tuks and give them tips and stuff like that. That can help. But like the day we're living in today, like 2022, like everything I'm sure is all carried. But when you're when you're getting tuk-tuks, you'll still need cash. When you're going to markets, you'll still need cash. So get cash out in the local currency. Make copies and scanned copies of your vaccination cert, of your passport. Those are really important. And then when you've got scanned copies of them, email them back to yourself so that you have them in an email, easy to access because you never know when you need them, when you need to provide them. And you're not going to have access to a scanner. Like, let's be honest, unless you go to some high-end office photocopying shop or something and the last thing you want to be doing when you're traveling is looking for a scanner so do all that before you go traveling scan your passport scan your vaccination certs and if you do need pcr tests you know scan those as well and email them back to yourself so that it's easy to find in an email and then it's attached already in an email that you can just forward on or better yet put them in a google file and then you just have the google link to share and you can get into the Google link and you can download your documents that way as well. Okay, this one, bring travel wipes, right? They're like these, they're like body wipes for when you're traveling. And it's like, you know, it's, it's basically like washing yourself when you're traveling for hours and hours and you've no access to a shower. So like when you're traveling long, long distances or when you're just like out for the day and you're really, really sweaty, there are travel wipes you can get that are like body wipes get them they're just so brilliant and then have them in your backpack to have and then of course when you get to a shower go for a shower but you know when you're just having those days where it's really hot and sweaty and you just feel ick travel wipes like they're just so handy for days like that or for planes I use them all the time to freshen up on a plane they're really handy limit your gadgets you know bring your power bank bring your phone but I would limit it like don't bring as much gadgets as, as you would typically on a normal holiday where you're not backpacking. The GoPros and the big DSLR cameras. If you're really into photography, yes, bring your DSLR camera. GoPros are class like, you know, but like just be mindful of how much you're taking with you. Runners. OK, bring a pair of runners that you're prepared to get dirty and you're going to trek up a mountain in. Don't bring your best pair of Nike runners that you've only just had a month 
Like, don't bring the white, pristine runners. Bring runners that you know you have no problem getting filthy and then you'll just clean them again with a wipe or, like, you'll clean them, you'll hose them down somewhere at the end of the mountain. But just bear in mind, whatever runners you're bringing, they will get destroyed with the hikes, with the trekking. So bring bring ones that you don't mind getting destroyed. And, like, it's brilliant in Asia, actually. I forgot to tell you this. It's so cheap to wash your clothes. So cheap. And they're ready, like, within a few hours. So it doesn't matter, like, if you're if you're worried about how much clothes you're going to bring and will they be washed and ready in time or you know even like um socks and knickers and bras and all that kind of stuff like it's really fast turnaround with getting your clothes washed and you can even get your runners washed i remember when we were in thailand in our 2014 trip with me and my friends we hiked up in chiang mai and we were destroyed oh my god like our runners were like a mess and we gave our runners into the laundrette next to our accommodation and the next day they came back brand new like pristine it was insane insane so one pair of runners and then if you have a day to turn them around like give them a day to like get clean and stuff like that you'll be fine just one pair i would say if you have hair extensions in your hair i've never had hair extensions but if you have i would highly recommend getting them removed just to give you that peace of mind where you can just be a bit free and like especially when you're traveling in Asia like it can be hot it can be humid you know your hair would be heavy I would highly recommend removing hair extensions while you're traveling if you've got naturally curly hair embrace the curls forget the straighteners leave them behind like I have naturally kind of wavy curly hair and whenever I traveled, I never, ever brought straighteners. I just always brought my, like, serum oil to have my curls, like, go naturally wavy, whatever. And if someone was in my dorm and they had straighteners and I felt like doing my hair that night, I would just ask them, like, oh, would you mind if I use a straighteners tonight? And, you know, and all, people are always obliging. Like, people are so sound. They're like, yeah, of course, no worries. But I personally would not recommend you bringing, like, a hair dryer and a, and a GHD unless you, like you really need to but it's such a waste because when you're in a hostel like remember like you're in a dorm it's hot you've got these little fans spinning around there's no air con it's more like a, a fan giving you the air ventilation the last thing you want to do is to be having a hair dryer blowing your hair or a ghd steaming your hair you want to be out of that shower you want to be getting dressed you want to be out the door straight away so if you can actually get your hair to dry naturally I would highly recommend that. Like, that's all I did when I traveled. I always used to let my hair dry naturally and it was always wavy, curly. And on the off chance, if someone had a straightener, I might straighten it that night before I go out. But very rare, very rare. But I never, never brought any hair dryer or straighteners. Never brought them with me. Bring minimal makeup. Like, you're going to sweat so much when you're out. Well, like... I, I sweat naturally a lot when I'm in hot countries, like I have very oily skin, so like minimal makeup for me and it works a treat, so like literally do my brows, do my mascara, a little bit a little bit of bronzer just to kind of contour my cheekbones and that's it. I never wore foundation on a night out, it was just too much, it was too heavy on my skin, even if it was a light one, I don't know, I just felt so much freer with just no foundation on so you know if you can definitely get away with it and you're confident enough to do that just 
bring the least amount of liquids, the least amount of makeup with you possible. You'd be so much happier for it. Another tip is to shop around locally for massages and manicures, pedicures, all those services that you want to avail of because don't go into the hotels for them. If you want to treat yourself, do, but you'll be ripped off. Shop around locally for those because there are local women that are just as good for half the price and then tip them, of course, and just, yeah, stay away from all the generic kind of like hotel chains that are offering the spa days and stuff like that because they just rip you off blind. Shop locally and you'll get the best deals. Okay, how to eat alone. So I love my own company. I don't know if this is helpful, like, but I have no problem sitting down and having a meal on my own. I just love my own company. Um, but what I would say to you is, if you want to come across like you are inviting people to talk with you, you want to make friends, bring a book. Because if you bring a book, that signals to other people that you're alone and that... You might read the book, you might not. But if the book is down on the table, people know you're not waiting for someone to come. So they're more likely to chat with you. And if they're solo and they notice you're on your own, they're likely to strike up a conversation with you. Again, the communal areas, the common areas, um, they can help you when you're eating alone because you can guarantee someone will just sit right beside you. And also, if you become a regular in like a regular cafe or restaurant that you're going to let's say if you're in the same place for four or five days become a regular in the same spot and then you'll get talking to the locals you get talking to the people who are working there and then you might notice other people that are making it their regular spot and then you strike up a friendship that way so there's different ways but also again practice eating on your own before you go solo traveling and I know it can come across daunting like and I know it can like it can fill people with like fear to do that but lads like seriously like people aren't looking like people don't care like if you think about this like everyone is worrying about themselves I hate to break it to you like everyone is worrying about what other people are thinking of them so you worrying about other people is a waste of time because those people are worrying about people thinking about them we're all worrying about people thinking about others you know what I mean like it's not even worth it. Don't even give it airtime. So do experiment with yourself before you go solo traveling. Take yourself out on a dinner. Take yourself out for lunch and, and take yourself out for coffee. Practice it. But again, put the phone down. Don't go to the phone. Don't do it. Be open, you know, smile with people. You might, you know, get chatting to people and practice that way. Another thing I would say is when you're exploring a new city, like give yourself time to actually walk around the city on your own in the daytime preferably and get your bearings like I loved doing that on my first full day that I would have in every city or every town that I was in I would wait until the next morning and I would walk around on my own using my app maps me I would download it using wi-fi and then once I've left the hostel I'd have my maps and I would just explore and just get an idea of the place and just get my bearings and then once you've done like half a day of doing that or just like a couple of hours in the morning it just gives you a bit more navigation and like it gets you well orientated with 
the place you're in so definitely just do that on the first days that you're in a new place it's really helpful and walking like walking tours are great like you're getting your steps in but you're also able to talk with people like as you're walking to different places on the walking tour you're walking with the people with you in the tour and you're chatting to people and you're getting to know them and you're making friends so that they can be really helpful really helpful ways to make new friends and just make sure you're like looking up information on blogs instagram pages they can be really helpful because you know the best advice the best tips come from the people that have been there and that have been there recently just make sure you follow people and save their posts or you know take screenshots of places they recommend because they're always the best places to to find information And then my last final big tip would be just again, I can't stress this enough. When you land in your new place that you're traveling solo in your very first country, the very first night you're going to lay in bed in the dorm and be like, holy fucking shit, what have I done? That could be your first thought. But I promise you have patience and just know it'll be unreal. You just need to give it time to settle in, to get chatting to new people and to strike up friendships and you love it like it's you'll find out so much about yourself you'll find out so much about the world you'll surprise yourself oh you'll just love it I just I'm such an advocate of solo traveling I'm such a fan of it um okay so what I'm going to do now is those are like all of my notes that I wrote down I can't believe I'm doing this for like an hour and a half but what I'm going to do now is I'm going to get my Q&A open and try and make them short and sweet but I am going to answer the questions now for you Okay, I have my questions now from my Q&A about solo traveling. Anywhere to avoid when traveling solo? I would say walking alone at nighttime, definitely avoid. I would avoid like just heavy drinking on your first night of meeting new people that you don't really know. Make sure that like you're in a group of people at nighttime when you're going out and you're not on your own and you're just having your wits about you with your drinking, especially on the first night. Next question, did you meet others during the trip or enjoy the solo experience fully? In Indonesia in 2017, I did. Friends from home met me in Bali and that was the only time I met up with friends the rest of the time then. So in Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore, my first week in Bali was on my own when I went to Canggu and Cambodia was solo, Laos was solo, Hong Kong was solo. New Zealand, Qatar and Thailand the second time round. Yeah, they were all solo, completely solo. And the friends I made were naturally from other people that were traveling. Where is your top solo destination? Why? I'd have to say Vietnam or Indonesia. Cambodia's class as well, though. Cambodia, there's a lot going on in Cambodia. It's a really cool spot. I'd say Vietnam then Indonesia, then Cambodia. Yeah, I'd say Vietnam edges out Indonesia. Like, Bali is unreal, right? Bali is class. But there's something about Vietnam, lads. I don't know, Vietnam is... But they're on par. It's so hard to choose. Asia is a vibe, the whole of Asia. I know I keep saying that so much. You must be sick of me saying it. How do I do a vlog? Okay. Now, I never vlogged my travels because I just... I never wanted to vlog my travels because I was a bit wild, to be honest. It would have been me. 
I don't know, would there be any footage really that would be deemed appropriate to go onto YouTube? Um, but I've never vlogged. But if you're going to vlog, I'd just start with your phone. Don't even start with the fancy work. Get your phone out and start making videos and save them and then upload them as a full video on YouTube. That's what I would start doing. And then once you get a bit more confident, buy a proper camera maybe. But I, I haven't vlogged properly. How do I meet like-minded people when traveling? I'm, I do not want to go clubbing. Oh my God, this is so easy. Like your hostel, like your accommodation, wherever it is that you're staying, again, going into those common areas, going into the bars, going into the coffee shops, going into where you see people congregating, doing walking tours, doing um, sightseeing tours, just like having a smile on your face, having your body language being open. It's so easy to meet people that are like-minded. And plus, if you're traveling and they're traveling, you can bet that they're looking for the same thing. Like they're looking for a new experience. They're looking to open their mind, to be on an adventure, to explore new cultures. Like they're already like-minded by being in the same place as you. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And it's you'd be surprised, like, even though the party scene is there, but like there's a lot of people that are not into the party scene that still solo travels. So like... Don't be thinking that you're over the hump or you're too old to solo travel or to go to Asia even. Like there's so many people of different ages that are traveling solo. So even if you're not into the party scene, there is a place for you, you know. So yeah, you'll definitely make friends easily. Another question, how to stay safe as a woman solo traveling? So I hope I answered some of those questions. I hope I answered this question a little bit, but I will just review it quickly to be more focused on this question. Cover your thumb over the bottles when you're drinking. Be careful of how much you're drinking on your first night out. Don't use dating applications. Stay away from them. Don't walk on your own at nighttime somewhere. And just be wise to the people you meet on the very, very, very first night. Then build your trust with people and then you know, let, let your guard down a little bit and loosen up with the drinking and stuff like that after that. Um, download Maps Me so that you have that downloaded to use as an offline map. Um, Uber is really safe to use anywhere in the world. I found Uber really safe if I was in a really sticky situation and I couldn't get a tuk-tuk anywhere or anything or a bus or something. Uber is really reliable and it's really safe. Don't share your location of your accommodation anywhere on social media until you've actually left. That's if you want to like share with your followers where you're traveling and you want to give them your recommendations. Absolutely do that, but don't do it until you've left. Do not share. Do share your location and your um, name of your accommodation to your friends or close family member to your f close friends or family members so that they know where you are if your change if your travels change and you're changing your plan or your route. Just listen to your intuition. You know, be open, meeting new people, but just listen to your intuition. You know, and in your bum bag, bring a flashlight with you just in case. You need a flashlight for something. And then last question I have here is best country you solo traveled to in terms of fun and safety, of course. Yeah, I'd say all of them. Like I was very, very lucky. I had very positive experiences in all of my solo travels. I can't complain. Like I felt so safe. I had my wits about me when something felt a bit dodgy, but it didn't turn out to be dodgy in the end. And I just... I don't know, I, I just, I was very lucky as well. So 
all of Asia. Like, I, again, it's so hard to, to narrow it down, but like Asia is unreal, Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, you know, I wasn't gone in Hong Kong. Like, forgive me for making a rhyme there unintentionally. I didn't like it, you know. I stayed there for like three nights after Australia and it was very compact. It was very claustrophobic. The hostels were tiny. Like, you couldn't swing a cat in them. Like, whatever but Asia. The hostels are small in Asia. But lads, Hong Kong was next level. Like, so, so small tiny and I just it it, there was no backpacker feel to the place like I found that place was similar to Singapore very affluent you know it's a rich city it doesn't really attract a lot of backpackers it's not cheap and cheerful so it wasn't really a great place to make new friends you know so like I think by the end of this podcast episode you're probably noticing a pattern that when you go to the cheap and cheerful places you're more inclined to meet people that are backpackers because it suits their budget. Whereas if you go to more expensive places like Singapore and Hong Kong, you'll meet people, but they're just there on a stopover for maybe one night. They're not there to to chill and make friends, you know. They're just there for literal traveling purposes to hop on, hop off. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend Singapore or Hong Kong solo Singapore is doable if you like your own company. I just didn't like Hong Kong. Hong Kong was just so built up. It was just like I've never seen a city so built up in my life. But it was so like it was like it was caving in. I don't know. But I think to be fair, I have to be fair. I had just come from Australia, which is pretty epic. And Australia is like you've got the outback, the rainforest, the beaches. Everything is so open. It's beautiful. There was quite a contrast of me coming from Australia and going to Hong Kong. So I think that has to do with my own perception of it as well. So I have to be fair with that and give that disclaimer. That's me. That's my solo episode for you and about solo travel. It's such a long episode. Fair play to you if you got this far. I hope I've helped. I hope I've given you the boost, the encouragement, the inspiration to do it. To do it, Guys, I can say hand and heart, the best experiences of my life were solo traveling. The crack was 90. I still have best friends from solo traveling that I still talk to through our Instagrams. And whenever I'm traveling, I'd be saying to people, oh, I'm here now. Are you around? You know, like, or, like I've had people come over to me in Abu Dhabi on stopovers and they stay with me like you just make friends for life and it gives you perspective we live in such a small world and we are all more connected than we think we are all more alike than we think and the world is pretty epic you know and it'll restore your faith in humanity if you're feeling a bit kind of let down by what's going on in the world you know there's a lot of unrest happening in the world you know things aren't great in a lot of places but it will restore your faith in humanity you know, you'll fall in love with the nature around the world and, you know, it'll give you that expansion of the mind and, yeah, it, it's epic. It's just fantastic. So, um, I'm going to give you my song that I've chosen. So, this is a song called Fire and it's by Kahlo, K-A-H-L-O. So, her real name is Farida Sariki. 
and she's a Nigerian singer-songwriter and she's also known for her song Rinse and Repeat with Written and also another song called Fasta, F-A-S-T-A with Written, R-I-T-O-N, that's um, an artist. But you'll know her song Rinse and Repeat, you'll recognise her voice from that song. So she has this song out called Fire and it is unreal, like it's class. And it's got like a real kind of like beat to it. Like, okay, you can't see me now, but I'm just like, I'm grooving in my chair as I talk to you right now. It's just such a cool beat. It got to the top 10 in the US dance radio charts. And it's a vibe. It came up on my Discover list on Spotify. I think I've told you this before whenever I pick a song. Spotify knows me. Spotify knows me very well. And it will know you very well if you keep hitting like on your songs and it'll start to give you like songs that they think you like. And like my Discover Weekly is so on point. Every Monday they have that Discover Weekly um, playlist that updates with songs that Spotify thinks you like and it's they're all new releases. It never fails me. It never fails me. So I'm going to put this song in the show notes. It's called Fire by Carlo. K-A-H-L-O. She's class. You'll recognize her voice from the rinse and repeat song straight away. And it's a vibe. It's a class song. So listen to this. Get your map open. Start looking at where you're going to book your solo trip. Message me if you enjoyed this episode. Message me with any questions if there's anything I've left unanswered. And let me know if you feel inspired, encouraged to go solo traveling. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do. It's epic. I wish you well. And yeah, I hope I have helped. And I'm sorry this has been such a long episode, but I just feel so compelled to give you all my details, all my learnings as much as possible. So there you go. All right. Take care and safe travels. Bye.